Yeah, these guys start chuckling when we start the theme music because they get to see me just rocking out here, having a good time. They know we're in for a treat because it's time for another edition of the Rec Poker Podcast, Forums Edition. I'm your host, Jim Reed, uh, Blufsterini in the home game, or you can learn about me and the rest of the wrecking crew here by going to rec.poker slash crew. I'd like to thank Website Amp and the wonderful Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino. So... Gentlemen, here we are, just like every week, we are uh, playing in the nightly rec poker home game, trying to steal each other's chips. We're going to take a look at a forum post from the rec poker forums, just like we do every week. And just like we do every week, let's introduce ourselves to rec poker nation and, t- nation and tell them where they can find us. I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. And I'm John Somsky. I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 everywhere. Everywhere. Everywhere he goes, that's where he is. That's who he is. It's the one and only Rob Washam. Great to have you back this week, Rob. And John and Chris, of course, I have the best job in the world. So every week, we just get to talk about poker with the Rec Poker panel. Tonight, we are going to take a look at a post by ARW, who gets a lot of play on the show because he puts these fantastic posts out there. Um, this is about the North, D- North Dakota poker tour, uh, that re- we recently did a road trip tour. First road trip. Fun. First road trip 2021. We are in live poker is official. And, uh, I wasn't able to make it down across the border, unfortunately, but I was very jealous. And I understand that, uh, everyone there had a great time. It was nice to rub elbows with some, uh, rec poker nation in person, literally in some cases, from what I understand. <laughs> So here we've got a spot where um, uh, ARW, our friend Adam, is uh, uh, actually highlights a few hands here. And I should tell our, our listeners, um, you should just go, if you want to get more details from the forum post, go to rec.poker and just check out the post itself. We'll, uh, we'll mention a couple different points here as we come along, uh, but you'll get more out of it by going and checking out the post itself. So he does mention a few, uh, a few different hands here. And the one that I think we wanted to talk about was uh, where he has 10-10 in the small blind. And um, he refers to some earlier action that might inform the uh, decision-making that we do, that we take here. But I wonder if you guys had a thought. 10-10 is one of those hands that I think people feel it's one of those cusp hands where it's a value. It's like jacks, right? It's a value hand, but you don't want to see a flop. And it's like, it's a strong one pair hand, but it, it's still only a one pair hand. It's not very dynamic. Um, out of position, it's harder to play than in position. I think people get, <clears throat> sometimes people have trouble deciding if they're set mining or not, because when you go to the flop with a hand like tens, there's really only one way for that hand to improve. And so when you're pre-flop, you got to be thinking, you know, am I taking this to the flop to improve or am I taking this to the flop as, as a one pair hand? A lot of that will have to do with stack, table dynamics, position. Is there anything, are there any like general rules that, that come out to you guys when you're in a spot like that? Well, I know that uh, I find myself in a lot of situations when I'm in position, if somebody raises first in and I'm sitting there with one of those types of hands, um, nines, tens, jacks, uh, King Jack, Queen Jack, those types of those types of hands, you really have this urge to just call and see a flop. But it's really not a very good idea because you're bur- <laughs> you're burning chips. You're just burning yeah. chips. 
And I guess stack depth has a lot to do with it. If I'm deeper, I have this tendency to just want to see a flop with it, but I'm just, but I'm just burning chips because unless the flop absolutely crushes you, you know, you're, you're facing an open already. And obviously your hand isn't good enough to three bet. So what are you doing there? <laughs> you know, you don't, you know, you're just, you're behind no matter what. So I got into a thing yesterday when I was playing online, I decided that in that position with those types of hands, I would never call. I would either three bet or fold. And I, I made a point of doing that yesterday, just three bet or fold. And I think it was definitely, it, it definitely made me think a lot more about those types of situations. Mm. Now, He's in the small blind. I'd probably call there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what we should mention too is um, I think there's a difference between calling from the small blind, but in this hand, there are limps in front of uh, our our hero in the small blind rather than uh, opens and flats, which I think is a much different situation for me. Um, uh, when when I see a, a bunch of limps coming in and I've got a hand like 10, 10, um, I want to put in a fairly large bet uh, out of position. I rate to have the best hand a lot right now. Um, and, uh, I, I, you know, until I'm, until I know I'm facing a, uh, opponent who's capable of limping aces or Kings or some sort of premium, uh, I'm going to assume that they're not. And uh, especially, you know, in, in a turn, you know, like if, if, unless I, you know, I know the opponent or whatever. So uh, this is a spot where I don't want to be going four ways in a limped pot with tens, because then I, I, I mean, really, unless I hit a 10, it's just misery. There's going to be an overcard. Somebody's, you know, either going to, say they have it or don't have, it. you know, like I'm just going to be in an awful spot. So uh, I want to narrow this field right now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. There's tens is a good enough hand that you can confidently take it against one other player. So you really do want to raise to thin the field and hopefully get heads up against one person or even take it down there. That's not a bad outcome at all either. Um, your other approach is to play for set mining. And there you really need to look, like Rob said, you need to look at your stack sizes, look at the table dynamics and see if that's viable. I mean, if it were something like pocket deuces, set mining is all you would think of. And, th and that's the key is if you take that approach then you have to treat the tens like they are deuces. And when it comes jack high or queen high multi-way, it's not a good hand. You just got to get rid of it. So, uh, but I think the better approach is to raise in that particular situation. Yeah, I think the one, the one key that's coming through is to have a plan for the hand. And it's not like you always have to stick to the plan. Because new information comes up, people give you tells, you know, but, but, but what you should be able to predict is 
what are the 13 possible cards that are going to come on the next? Like, you should be have a plan for at least what are the very predictable things like flops that are going to come out or what's the turn card going to be or stuff like that. Like, that's a level of looking ahead that that you can actually just, that's a sound investment in your in your poker strategy. So uh, let's see if uh, Jonathan Little has anything to say about that and then we'll come back and wrap this up. Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? Hello. What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it? Or do you just call? What do you do with ace-king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little, and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. That's a lot. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now so jonathan little talks about um you know playing your hand in the moment there in that ad and that's one thing that i think we're talking about here as well is sort of the difference between we talked last week in a hand where i was playing pocket jacks where um i wasn't playing my range i was playing my hand and i think we all have to decide hand by hand tournament by tournament are we playing the big picture strategy or are we playing this hand this time and I think like what Rob got to, which was great here, this notion that our, our entire poker strategy is better off when we're three betting hands like queens, jacks, tens, or raising over limpers. Like our entire, our entire poker strategy benefits from raising with hands like that and calling with other hands. So it's not that it's wrong to call in a spot like that, but you're kind of cheating yourself. You're burning those chips, like Rob's saying, in the big picture um, by not having a coordinated strategy that just involves, just when it comes down to the math, folks, like it's just, it's one of the best hands. So if you're not going to include that in your raising range, then you just, you don't have a very balanced raising range, um, or at least it's not, it's not robust enough for the games that we're going to be playing today. And I think people and, uh, also underestimate. Yeah, Rob. If you're in the small blind, then in that situation, you have two limpers in front of you. Um, what are you raising to? In that situation, I'm probably raising to five and a half, six big blinds. That's probably what my, you know, what I feel. And, and it's, I would raise in the small blind to three and a half big blinds typically um, if I was opening. You know, if everybody folded to me, I'd probably raise to three and a half big blinds. So now if I have limpers in front of me, I'm going to add a big blind for each of those limpers yep. and make it very expensive for them to continue. I do like I, I'm I'm a lazy, um, unintelligent player and I like really easy decisions. So I tend to size up out of position even more than most people. Um, and I'm, I'm probably giving up a bit of an edge there. But I just I like the easy decisions that that predefined ranges give me. So I might be raising over two limpers to even like seven or eight there out of position. And I mean, in a cash game more, we're talking. This is a tournament, so it's not it's not going to come up. But right. um, but yeah, because I because I think the question's always the question's always like what is going to put them to a real decision, you know? And when I'm when I'm in position in a limped pot as the limper. I'm thinking, yeah, give me a callable raise. You know, I'll play, I'll, I've already displayed that I like to play passively in position. Um, so I want to rob them of that uh, comfort zone by sizing up. And I guess it has to be with a stronger range. 
So then Rob, so I guess that's part of the question then is, uh, are tens in that range? Cause it is so attractive. Oh, yeah. to just, it's half definitely. a big blind and you get to just see, but yeah, I, I think so too. I oh, definitely. So too. I think yeah. tens are in that range. I think, I think the, the key is who wants to limp in that situation to be out of position the whole time right. against a bunch of random hands. Right. Um, at least by raising, if somebody's going to call you when you do raise to five and a half, six and a half big blinds, you're going to have a better feel for the types of hands they're going to be doing that with. Mm -hmm. Oh, Chris. <laughs> Chris just got four suited, out, <laughs> four suited out of a hand in the, in the home game. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Good game, sir. Good game. <laughs> Although I don't mind not having you two seats to my left anymore. <laughs> It all was coming um, all coming according to plan there <laughs> hit my flush <laughs> everything was going sweet and then the fourth fourth yeah, diamond that, comes there is just nothing good there's just nothing good that can come from that <laughs> and i guess the only other point i wanted to make is that as rob said earlier people underestimate how valuable it is just take that pot down just take down those you know four and a half big blinds that are in there already you know, if you're telling me that every time I play pocket tens, I'm going to pick up four or five big blinds. I'm okay with that too. Um, especially out of position, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And honestly, the last thing I'll say is, is it looks like one, I, we don't get the, we don't have the stack sizes of everyone at the table. Right. But uh, if I'm in this spot and I've got pocket tens, there's a bunch of limpers and everyone's at these kind of like, it looks like somebody has 16 blinds behind. If everyone is kind of in that, like, under 20 big blind and i've got you know more right um i may just shove with tens yeah um yeah. and put them to a decision for their stack yeah um because I, yep. I like i yeah. said i'm i'm i really i think i've got the best hand and 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 i, I think sometimes you can get called by worse and it's pretty pretty good mm-hmm Oh, I had such a good point I wanted to make on the back end of that bugger. We don't well, do yeah, these often do, enough. You have yeah, to rough. pay attention to the stack sizes of the people yet to act or the right. people that have already yep. limped. Yep. And I, I love that point. I love that point, Chris, because when I talked earlier about making a decision that if it's raised in front of me and I have position, I'm not going to call. A lot of that has to do with the people that are yet to act if you call and you've got people with regen stacks, well, you're just setting yourself up to be blown off that hand. Yep. By raising, you're taking away, you know, by three betting, instead of just uh, calling a, a raise first in, you're taking away their ability to rejam and have any fold equity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to just uh, uh, make another point on what Chris was saying here. It really comes down to the Somsky ratio. So if you're looking at the table, um, the, if, the, if all the stacks, if, if, if the largest stack is say one to two times the size of the smallest stack, then that's a pretty small Somsky ratio. So there's not too many di disparate stack sizes out there. But if, if you've got a Somsky ratio of like seven or eight or heaven forbid, you know, 10 or 11, something like that, there's gonna be a lot of disparity in the different stack sizes. And you might have to pick your sizing differently um, accordingly. Is this an official like mathematical unit, a Somsky? I think it was established <laughs> in one of the recent uh, sessions we were doing. This is the Somsky ratio. I'm, I'm making yeah. it a thing. 
I had actually forgotten about it until you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, so everyone, I want I want to see people talking about the Somsky ratio. It's uh, the ratio next... of the smallest stack to the biggest stack at the table. Uh, my next forum post, I will definitely mention what the Somsky ratio is before we before we get to the flop. <laughs> I got I got the one Somsky himself opening up my big blind here. I think I'm just going to let this one go. Although it's a very playable hand, John. That's out of respect for you, sir. Yeah, well, I had pocket kings, so oh. it was a good fold. <laughs> Unless you had aces. I did. That wasn't that good. I don't have that much respect. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, uh, any further, any final thoughts on on this notion here? And um, I know I don't think we actually really answered the question that ARW posted in the chat. Um, so maybe we'll come back. Uh, I don't think it'll be our last opportunity to talk to Adam about that kind of a thing. But um, seeing none, I think I'm just going to say thank you to Website Amp and to Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino. And of course, Rob Washam, John Somsky, Chris Jones and Steve Fredland. See you all again soon.